Numerous reports indicate that manufacturing is emerged as the favored target of ransomware groups and hackers. In response, a new report from Industrial Media discusses the evolution of industrial cybersecurity, its current state, and the tactics hackers are using, including phishing schemes, malware, and ransomware attacks. It also details solutions in Army manufacturers with the knowledge and resources needed to win more fights on this highly complex and ultra-competitive battlefield. Download the industrial sector's new battlefield by going to manufacturing.net backslash cyber. Hi, I'm Jeff Rank, the Editorial Director of Manufacturing.net and Manufacturing Business Technology. Welcome to Security Breach. A couple of recent ransomware attacks offer perspective on evolving cybersecurity concerns within the industrial sector. Gentex is a Michigan-based manufacturer of electronic safety systems for the automotive sector. They were attacked by a ransomware gang called Dunghill, which is believed to be a rebranded version of the Dark Angels ransomware gang that has historically targeted the gaming and consumer electronics industry. This foray into the industrial sector netted a ton of personal, customer, and company data that was subsequently dumped onto the dark net for sale. In early May, global industrial component and infrastructure systems manufacturer ABB confirmed that it had also been the victim of a ransomware attack. The group Black Basta reportedly hit the company's Windows Active Directory, disrupting hundreds of devices. It used fake browser updates to install Trojan malware, a tactic synonymous with what is perhaps the fastest growing ransomware group plaguing manufacturers. ABB reported that a limited number of our servers and endpoints were directly affected by the malware. The takeaways from these attacks are that ransomware groups continue to evolve and in doing so are looking to hit new and more lucrative markets. The industrial sector, as you all know, certainly checks this box. Secondly, as demonstrated in the ABB hack, those familiar with the industrial sector are evolving their tactics and using different approaches to wreak havoc. Although not confirmed by ABB, it is suspected that the company paid the ransom. These are dynamics that our guest for today's episode knows all too well. But before we talk to him, we're excited to announce that Security Breach is being sponsored by Pentera. For more information on how automated security validation can help you safely test all your IT security controls with a click of a button in a non-stop industrial operational environment, visit Pentera.io. It's now my pleasure to introduce Eric Nielsen, Chief Technology Strategist at Flexon. Flexon is a leading provider of NAND flash storage and memory devices, as well as embedded cybersecurity solutions. Eric, thanks so much for joining us today on Security Breach. Kind of jumping right into things, you know, we've had some more high-profile attacks hit the industrial sector. So from your perspective and some of the areas that you're involved, what are you continuing to see as some of the biggest vulnerabilities that, that are being exploited in, for manufacturers? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Uh, you know, things that we're noticing, human errors are becoming increasingly uh, vital, especially with the rise of AI. Um, you know, this could include things like like not just phishing attacks where people get, you know, emails that look familiar over across a mass scale, but particular to them, spear phishing. Um, and also things like the convergence of information technology with operational technology like manufacturing, critical infrastructure, um, you know, because a lot of those OT systems were designed without cybersecurity in mind a long time ago. And now that they're coming together, there's a lack of visibility. Um, and and th those are major concerns. And we're seeing a lot of that in terms of our inquiries. 
Yeah, visibility continues to be a reoccurring topic. We've, we've discussed that quite a bit on the show. You're looking at a lot of things that you work on specifically there at Flexon. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys kind of are involved on in both data storage and cybersecurity. And in some instances, those two can be pitted against each other a little bit, especially when we talk about cloud and, and some of the ongoing concerns there. In your experience, how do you kind of weigh those two things out without pitting one against the other or sacrificing one for the sake of the other? Yeah, no, that's a good, that's another great question. The, you know, Flexon started, you know, in the NAND storage uh, arena. Um, and then, then their, their products have evolved and now they have something called XFi, which is a solid state drive that has hardware level security. And so no matter if it's in the cloud or on a local machine that connects to the cloud or connects to some other service, it, 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 there's no conflict in the way the design is because it's we, we operate the security at the hardware layer, which is the layer that protects, say, the gold, the data right. or, or the programs that are running. And so that, that we don't really see a conflict there in the way it's designed. OK. Can you see how that could pose some issues to those who do rely on the cloud for a lot more of their data storage, IP storage, things like that? And do you have any thoughts there on how these folks can still continue to use that resource? but also keep cybersecurity front of mind to protect all of that valuable information there. Yeah, I mean, like, let's say, for example, a cloud provider, if they would install these hardware level secure solid state drives called XFi, you know, in within their infrastructure, then once the data is stored there, it's not going to be taken. You know, if there's any risk that's detected, it'll be either wiped and then a backup will take place later or they're going to be locked out. So, you know, I mean, we don't have things that control the data going to and from, but once it's on the actual hard drive, there's there's really little to no risk. Okay. And you talked a lot about visibility. Maybe you could talk about how some of the things that you do really enhance some of that network visibility that has become so important in trying to address a lot of these cybersecurity challenges, especially in the OT environment. Yes. Yeah, I mean, typically, you know, the layer that we operate in has been neglected for whatever reason. You know, there are seven layers in the OSI model, and most of the companies out there focus on, you know, the upper layers. We're at the very bottom. Um, you know, by doing that, you know, we're, we're effectively reducing the attack surface near the important stuff. That is programs running control systems, the data, customer list, billing, you know, stuff that controls critical infrastructure. And so we have a moat around the real important stuff, because that's what everybody usually tries to get to is that data or the programs to interfere with the industrial operations. And so so we think of it as, you know, others are kind of securing the city and we're kind of securing the home, you know, where, where the data is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. You know, one of the things that, that in prepping for the show that we kind of talked about was was your thoughts on a layered approach to security. We've heard about segmentation before and divvying things up and more logins and, and making sure all that's secure through that type of approach. Can you give us a little bit of color on what more of a layered dynamic might look like and how that might function, especially in the manufacturing sector? We've got a lot of different potential access points. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always good. And, and this is the this is one of the trends is, you know, don't focus just on the perimeter or on particular, you know, devices, kind of look at the entire landscape of where attack vectors can enter. Uh, and that includes, you know, things from applications like browsers, email, 
um, human errors, like when, it, when a device is, is installed by a third party, it could have a virus on it. So the operating system layer. And so really it's best to cover all seven layers. Um, and right now that set, that lowest layer, what we call the physical or hardware layer has been neglected. And that's really what has caused us to kind of rise and people are starting to take notice. Why do you think that's been kind of un, un, not paid attention to enough? What, what's been missing there? Yeah, that's something that, that I, I've thought about deeply. I, I think it's, uh, it's it's perhaps the complexity involved and then some of the tools like ai and some of the more advanced machine learning were not ready yet um you know for, for the types of uh you know analysis that are needed in that layer um it, it's complex signal analysis and, and and things have come along recently um and that, that's kind of enabled the, this capability You've brought up the human factor a couple different times here, just in so far as, as we've been talking. That's getting a lot more attention right now. Um, there's a lot more phishing and spear phishing attacks, as you also alluded to, coming in and really going at that individual. It's upload malware, which can lead to ransomware attacks and, and a lot of other bad stuff. What do you think, in your experience, are there some tactics, some plans, some schemes, whatever you want to say, that can really help internal employees understand their role? and then implement more at best practices to help prevent them from playing a potentially detrimental role in cybersecurity. Yes, yes. No, unfortunately, you know, humans are becoming the main target for a lot of these uh, groups, you know, these bad actors. You know, of course, educating people about the risks, even things that seem innocent, like emails or links to browser sites, text, text from text messages, email, whatever else you use. Um, and, and I mean, ways, you know, the, the, this is where AI starts to come in in a big way, especially with these phishing and spear phishing attacks, which tricks people. I almost got tricked the other day, but I'm so paranoid that I, even if I know it's someone, if it's even a little longer email or message, I get nervous and I just delete it and call them. Um, yeah. And so artificial intelligence is going to help with that. Otherwise, you know, if, if we're not using AI against the bad guys, we're going to lose. I mean, there, there's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, AI is a huge topic right now. Chat GPT has got everybody's attention, and and it's a good thing because it can bring it's bringing more light to a topic that we should have been talking about in greater depth, especially on the cybersecurity front. Most folks are saying it's a really it's it's more of a negative potentially because the bad guys are going to use it in far greater ways than potentially we can on the defensive side. What's your take there? I know you just mentioned some ways we can use it in strengthening cyber defenses, but what does it mean for the bad guys and the types of attacks that they can put forward as well? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like any advanced technology, you know, whether it be nuclear, you know, and then now AI. I mean, you know, in my view, the good news is there are more smart, good people that, than smart, bad people, um, you know, and, and I, I would even argue that the smartest are actually good. So, so, I mean, that's something in our favor, um, you know, because yeah, it's, it's a problem. And, you know, to, to pause AI now, I think would be a mistake because the bad actors are not going to pause, um, you know, things need to be done responsibly, but, you know, the, the good groups need to focus on using it to counter things and even be ahead, you know, uh, of the bad actors. Sure. Speaking of those bad guys, are there any different strategies or tactics or groups, I guess, that are sort of lighting up your radar right now? 
Yeah, I mean the the main things that we're seeing, at least in our space, it's that 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 convergence, you know, of operational technology, physical equipment with the digital world that used to not be connected. There are so many. The lack of visibility is one, but there's just not any security built in for the most part. And so once they get anywhere into the network, they can traverse almost anywhere they want to go, undetected. You know, and that could be closing down a water treatment facility, a sewage plant, power, you know, to, to homes and businesses. So, so yeah, that that's uh, that, that's a big problem right now. Absolutely. We've heard a lot about, especially unique to industrial control systems, the dwelling attack, how they'll hit you once, you'll pay the ransom or try to boot them out, maybe even be successful in reversing the impacts of their attack, but then they are able to stay in the system again, because like you've alluded to, we don't have the visibility necessary. Have you seen some successful approaches in either improving visibility to prevent some of those dwelling um, attackers? Yeah, that that is that is an ongoing problem. I know a lot of groups are working on that. Um, I, I I can't say that that's solved yet, but I do believe a solution will exist here within the next year or two. Um, and, and and you know, and that's one of the things. You know, once they get in, they want to do something, right? And so the data and the software, that's really what they're after: the control, the equipment, or whatever it's doing. So if you protect that part, even though they're in you're in a much better position. And that's why, you know, when you have these very special hard drives, even if they get in, they may not be able to do anything. Uh, at worst, we can just shut everything down, you know, and that's it. Interesting. You know, one thing that I like to get a lot of people's take on, because ransomware has become such a huge issue for the industrial sector. What is in your... Pay it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What's your take there? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I mean, of course, I, I, I hope no one ever experiences another one, but we know that that won't be the case. I mean, it really depends. You know, if it's a, it depends on, you know, have you backed up your operations, your data, your processes somewhere? If so, you can tell them to take a hike, you know, and then create a new network or, or cleanse things and then just restore stuff. But there are some cases where you cannot do that. It can be critical infrastructure, you know, like that recent pipeline event, I believe it was last year. And you know they they paid it, and the government in the U.S. actually supported that because of the all the people that could be impacted. So I mean that that that's a complex question, and there's a complex answer. It really depends on the situation. So sometimes pay, sometimes don't pay. It really depends. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about Flexon. I know you've mentioned the drives and some of the data storage elements that you work on that can lead to sort of that layered approach to cybersecurity. But what are some of the other things that you guys are working on? Yeah, I mean, the, the main things we're working on now is really building a fortress around this physical layer where all the data and software reside on our hard drive. And, and this hard drive can be in any kind of system, you know, whether it's a computer, it could even be, you know, the, the, the memory devices can be in cell phones and satellites and other things. And so we're really focusing on that final fortress, um, you know, and, and there's we're using AI, all the advanced techniques, and, and we're really seeing some amazing results with that. You know, one of the things you've talked about as well is sort of using the convergence of IT and OT and, and trying to use some of those shared practices, but that can also lead to some issues because it's a very different operating environment. What's been your experience in terms of understanding how some of those things from IT can help with OT security, but really it's not a perfect fit, and I think it's taken a lot of industrial players down the wrong path when it comes to cybersecurity. 
Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, the, those systems were, were not even in the same universe, in my, my opinion. You know, one was designed just to do what it does. The, the computers were, were and networking was, was not even part of it. It's like airplanes, you know. Yeah. And, um, and, and so, yeah, that, that's a major issue. And, and that, that's a big trend now because things are becoming ever connected. There's going to be no boundary anymore. And so, yeah, that multi-layer approach is absolutely critical because the bad guys have a bigger playground right now, you know, because technology is advancing, but the security is not advancing as quickly as it should. So speaking of trends, what are some things you see coming down the pike, maybe affecting us most significantly in the next year, year and a half? Yeah, th this, you know, and, and you've really highlighted on on this, th th this ITOT convergence, the human, you know, you know, especially with the, the real sophisticated things, you can even get a phone call now from someone, you know, that acts like your mother or father or a close friend, and chances are you'll believe it. Um, and imagine getting emails like that, websites, so, so the human part is huge, th this convergence, and also making sure you know, the hackers are going after every layer they can because certain layers are very well protected. The other ones have been a bit neglected, including the, you know, the very lowest level. And so we, we're seeing an increase in the lower level attacks. But but yeah, that, that that's that's what we're seeing now. So, Eric, working so closely in this topic of cybersecurity can get pretty scary once you start understanding it in greater depth. Are there some things that keep you up at night? What are what are the biggest threats you think are out there? The things that scare you the most? Yeah, I've I've uh, I worry about you know attacks on critical infrastructure. You know whether it has to do with military, um, you know things like even water. You know things that can impact you know large swaths of the population because it it, it is not that difficult to do right now if you have the right toolkit on the other side, on the bad side. Uh, and so that does keep me up sometimes. I try not to dwell on it, but once in a while, it's hard not to. Eric, thanks so much for joining us today. And to learn more about Flexon, you can check them out at flexon.com. That's F-L-E-X-X-O-N.com. Thanks for joining us today. And to catch up on past episodes, you can go to manufacturing.net, IEN.com, or mbtmag.com. You can also check Security Breach out wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Amazon, and Overcast. And if you have a cybersecurity story or topic that you'd like to have us explore on Security Breach, you can reach me at jeff at For Eric Nielsen, I'm Jeff Ranke, and this is Security Breach.